You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to it. This is basically the exciting world of being on the Tone Mom podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have Joe Vela of ElectroFaustus. What's going on, man? How you doing, Blake? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm uh, excited that you're here. I've been, uh, I've been kind of addicted to those, uh, those two items you sent me, and... Uh, I'm trying not to like constantly post about them, even though you may like that. I think people might get tired of me <laughs> constantly making racket in their yeah, feeds. I, yeah, I, I don't, we don't want anybody thinking that you know there's, there's something, some some payola going on. Or <laughs> I know? mean, I'm open to payola. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, if you want to do some payola, we can talk about that off the air. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we do uh, we do we do gearola. We just give away you know we, we give away stuff sometimes. <laughs> well, it's it's. It's just, I don't know, and now I'm like super curious about the rest of your stuff because those things have just been really, really fun. The guitar disruptor and the, uh, I actually find myself spending more time with the drone thing than I imagined that I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think we're, you know, idiosyncratic and that's kind of been our thing is that we, we, we're not just, you know, an effects company, you know, we I would say I think we may have actually more instruments than we have effects, mm-hmm. which is is kind of weird, and it's just kind of the way it, it turned out. I mean, we, um, you know, that's just how we kind of started out. We didn't really look at ourselves as, as purely an effects company, so it kind of frees us up to to do weird things like that. You know, the, the drone thing, the black flies, and other. You know, it's just this weird thing. I mean, what is it? You know, it's just this thing with springs and and a you know a contact mic and and makes all kinds of noises you know (laughs) yeah that thing looks like a good time and then i've seen people like modding them uh it's uh to do other stuff and i thought that was really interesting too yeah i mean it's you know that's that's part of it i would say is that they're you know the devices are, are you know they're they're simple enough so that you could open them up uh i mean in the case of the black fly it's not even um there's no power supply. I mean, it's, it's just a passive circuit. So you can open the thing up without any fear of like really breaking anything. And, uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's a guy, uh, I think he's in Sweden called the magpie. Uh, that might've been the, the person you saw who, um, I think that sounds right. Yeah. He's always, he's posting, he's, he's taken apart just about all of our pedals and done stuff with it, with them. And, uh, so yeah, we totally condone that. And, uh, <laughs> Look, you know, we lo- we love that. I'm, I mean, it's probably not great for warranty, but no. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you break it, if you break it, then it's your problem. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, then it's it's all it's on you, you know. Right. Well, maybe we should take a step back here and uh, and kind of explain, let you explain to the listeners the type of effects and instruments that 
your company makes, and then we can kind of dive into those a little bit and uh, sure. I mean, explore it. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let me just I guess start by saying that you know we we started the company in 2008. Uh, the company is me and uh, my friend Eric Kessel, who I've been friends with since high school. Um, we've, you know, him and I have, you know, we've always, you know, done creative projects together, whether it be, you know, you know, musical or, uh, you know, writing or whatever. For, and we've, and we've done that for years. And so what happened was around 2008, um, I, uh, kind of got back into circuit building. It's something I, it was been a hobby of mine on and off for, you know, since I was a kid. And I picked up a few books. Um, one was uh, a guy named Reed Gazala, who's like the um, like circuit bending godfather. You know, he's like the guy that invented circuit bending. So I, I started getting to that. You know, taking apart toys and and tinkering and stuff like that. Another book was uh, by a guy named Nick Collins. Um, uh, was uh, handmade electronic instruments and just you know. Basically instructional, like with very basic type circuit building and, uh, you know, oscillators and uh, working with oscillators and, and contact mics and stuff like that. So um, I started building these things, built, you know, like a simple oscillator, uh, phototheremin and like a, a primitive, I guess what was to become like the guitar disruptor of sort of distortion with oscillation and with really no intention of, of starting a company. It was just like, this is just a hobby I'm doing. I'm just building these things. I'm, you know taking apart toys and, and, and building these weird things. And I'm, I'm just making them for myself, really, and giving them to my friends. And one of those friends being Eric, who um, is, like, really great with graphics, and, and um, he went to FIT um, and is just really graphic-oriented. So I gave him one, and soon after, he, um, he kind of came up to me, and he's like, I, I'd given it to him in, like, you know, this plain sort of, like, Radio Shack nondescript box you know like with with two knobs on it very very plain looking thing and he right. came back to me and was like it's like you know i could i could design a, a logo for you we, i could design like a really cool you know label that we could stick on this thing and and like maybe you could sell them you know so <laughs> right that that's kind of like that's how electrofasta started it, it was as simple as that i'm like okay go ahead you know design a design a logo you know do do something and uh do something with it and you know, he came back a few weeks later, and and that was the the, the dual oscillator, which is like our first pedal. That was that was the first device. He, he made a label for that, and you know, we sold I don't know, I think maybe like ten of them, uh, like the first month on eBay. We didn't even have a website; it was just eBay, you know. And it's it's just been rolling that you know along ever since. You know, made ten, and then we sold them, and then we made twenty, and sold those, and just just kept on going. But that's kind of how it's been. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. So how did you, I mean, obviously you have some level of interest in the guitar to make something called the guitar disruptor. Was that right. your first instrument or did you start, what was your musical background? The, how did you get started? Well, I was, um, I, I used to play guitar. I, I was in a band back uh, in the nineties called Nanofrog that you can still find their stuff, I think on iTunes somewhere, but, um, that was, you know, Originally, I was a musician, so I, you know I've, I've always, you know, been into music. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guitar disruptor came from I guess just experimenting with with uh, you know sort of distortion and then adding you know and then the, adding the oscillator on top of it and uh, just mixing those two things, which you know 
has has kind of subsequently become more popular. But you know, eight years ago, wasn't quite you know wasn't quite as big. You know, I, I think it's a lot has changed over the last eight years. But um, so, and you know, in, in addition to being a guitar player, you know, we, you know, Eric and I, like I said, we've we've done before we started the company, we had done, you know, musical stuff together. And usually the musical stuff that we did was, was geared pretty heavily towards sort of noise and, and uh, almost like music concrete. So I think like part of our aesthetic comes from that where it, it's, you know, it's noise devices, you know, it's, it's not, you know, the pedals aren't, um, we're not trying to recreate like a classic sound per se. You know, we, we'll, we'll never do something like that. It's more of like, how, how can we take, you know, your, a nice guitar sound and make it sound, you know, terrible, basically. <laughs> that's kind of, that's, that's our aesthetic across the board, I would say, is to kind of, you know, push, push the limit a little bit, push, push musicians out of their comfort zone a little bit. And, you know, like, whether it be the, you know, the drone thing or the black fly is, is to create, you know, sounds that you just, you're normally not going to hear with, with a regular, you know, effects pedal or instrument, you know? Right, right, for sure. Were there bands or, or things you had in, in mind musically when you put some of these things together? Like, oh, I bet, you know, somebody in this genre would use it or whatever, anything like um, that? You know, not really, no. I mean, I, I, Eric kind of did, Eric is a little bit more knowledgeable with, um, with artists, you know, knowing who they are. Um, and it's, it's funny, there, there's one, there's a Japanese noise artist called Merzbao, um, who he was a huge fan of, you know, way before, um, we started this and about like three or four years ago, he, he saw a picture. He actually found out that this guy Merzbao was using our stuff and he like almost like he just went through the roof. He couldn't believe it. He's so happy. And, uh. Just, I mean, like this this hero of his that was like using our stuff, and it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. But I didn't really have any preconceived notions. I mean, I, I've always been, I mean, the music I like. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge Hendrix fan, so you know, he's a guy that you know, in a way, is almost like like an original noise musician. I mean, with some of the stuff that he did. So, I mean, maybe in my mind, I, I could no, see. No, I think that's you know, that's valid. That's a, yeah, you know, definitely sure. like, you know, with, with certain, like, like to me, like his guitar playing is, it, it reminds me a lot of like theremin playing in a weird way. I mean, so, some of those, you know, the, the sustained, you know, like crazy screaming notes and stuff like that. Um, and, and he was like a huge influence on me when I was a guitar player. So, mm -hmm. um, I guess that for me, that would be, he, he would be a huge influence, you know? Yeah. Well, you said that a couple times when you were a guitar player. So was that? Do I take that to mean like you don't play guitar at all now? Well, Is I that... mean, like I say, because I was in a band and I used to like rehearse every week, and like it was it was kind of like an official thing. Like <laughs> to me, that's like being a guitar player. You're you're in a band, you're recording and, and playing gigs and stuff like that. So yeah, that's I don't do that anymore. Oh, I got you. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I still I... I I definitely I still play. I mean, okay. I definitely, okay. <laughs> but I guess not... I guess I'm not a guitar player then. Dang it. Uh... I mean, I, I, that's just <laughs> I mean, that's just my view of it. I mean, like, you know what I mean? I I don't want to just. I mean, look, you 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 could still be a guitar player. I don't want to say you're not. <laughs> well, I if just... you heard me play, you might say I'm not, but that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. You know, I was yeah, I was thinking about some of your yeah, I don't know. You probably have already thought about this before, but um some of the 
stuff, especially looking at the black fly and the drone thing in particular, I was like, I wish I could plug my guitar into this somehow and make it do other things like blend them together. And I was like right. looking at like blender pedals and things other trying to figure out how to integrate the drone thing into a rig that I would, that I would use. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm going to be trying to experiment with some blenders and see what I come up with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's definitely something you could, you know, you could stick in a mixer and, and kind of, like you said, do it that way, sort of brute force it and, and mix the two signals. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess our, our two like guitar effects pedals, the disruptor and, and the guitar Dameron are, are the closest things to like, you know, blending a guitar sound with, with some crazy oscillation. So mm-hmm. in, in that case, it's, you know, they're blending, but yeah, the other stuff, the, you know, the black fly, the drone thing, or they're kind of just standalone, mm-hmm. uh, for, at least for now. I mean, um, yeah, who but, knows? Yeah. I mean, this year we've been, uh, this year's kind of been like the year of the collaboration, so um, we do have something coming out that we did, uh, a collaboration with uh, Fuzz Rocious. Uh, yes, one of my favorites. Um, with, with the Black Fly. Um, so that's one thing. We're also working on a, um, a modular, a, a Eurorack uh, modular thing uh, of the Black Fly. That it's still in the early stages, but uh, we have a friend that uh, uh, his name is Mickey Delp. Um, he, he has a pedal company too. Um, he's helping us with that. He's a little more familiar with modular stuff. Gotcha. Uh, hoping to bring that into, into a, into the modular Eurorack thing. A lot of people have been, I mean, it's become so, so big now. It's like, you can't ignore it. You know, I, well, I was kind of surprised. So I've been very curious about the Eurorack Euro stuff for a long time. I've never pulled the trigger on it for a couple of reasons. And, and one of them is actually because I love guitar pedals so much. And that yep. is like guitar pedals on steroids. Yep. So I could I could just see this horrible spiraling out of control addiction that would happen if yeah. I got into Eurorack. <laughs> yeah, so. we were me and Eric were at uh, you know Moogfest a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, Zvex. Yeah, they've they've gone. I mean, they're still you know they still make pedals, but they've they've done you know they've taken all their pedals now. It's it's they've they, they had a whole modular you know the uh, whole modular setup there in, in the in the in the marketplace. That. Yeah. They've, I, I mean, I, I, it looked, it looked to be like almost all their pedals had been turned modular. It's, they had a whole rack full of them. So they're, the they're fuzz coming. factory, like, seems like it should be a, a modular unit. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. that thing's an. I've said it before that it's almost an instrument into it in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it's basically like self oscillates. It's you know, yeah, it, it, it is. It really is. That's really interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I'd kind of heard, you know, that they had done that, but I was surprised to see them at Moogfest because, I mean, they're, you know, just, I mean, they're like one of the original, you know, like boutique uh, pedal companies, and to see them at Moogfest was, it was just interesting with their, their Eurorack stuff, you know. That's that's fascinating. Yep. So, so do you, do you have Eurorack module stuff yourself, like outside of things you've built, or is that not in your wheelhouse? Uh, well. I basically I recently just picked one up. Um, the uh, it's it's called Pitch, Pitts, Pittsburgh uh, Modular. It's 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 like Pittsburgh. Uh, it's like ten point one system or something. It's basically a um, I don't know. It's about like a two foot long little container. Mm-hmm. Half of it is already pre filled with with uh, you know modules that they give you, 
and then there's like another little section where you can uh you know put your own stuff and gotcha. that was you know it was a couple hundred bucks and we knew that we were going to be you know modularizing the the black fly so i wanted to have that to be able to test with just for that i mean i don't see it getting uh, i'm not going to have like one of these walls of you know uh 10 foot wall of, of you know modules I'm, I'm more of a pedal person myself too but right. i figured let me you know everyone's talking about it everybody's you know at, at the last nam at least a half a dozen people came up to us and it was like you know so when are you, when are you going to make a you know a euro rack module when are you going to make a ma- module so mm-hmm. it's like all right let's do it let me let me at least get one so i could play around with it and know you know the basics of it uh, so that's why I have it. Really. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it was. It's just interesting that we're having this conversation about this right now because I think it was just yesterday I posted a picture of some crazy like room, basically, like just covered in modules. Yeah, uh, yep. I remember and, that. I saw that. Yeah, and and the responses were kind of almost a little bit comical to me because some people were like what do you need all those pedals for and yeah. things like that? I'm like, they're not pedals. I'm like, I said in the post that what it was and still people, guitar players were very confused. They're like, that's the craziest pedal board I've ever seen. I'm like, it's yeah. not a pedal board. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's definitely, it's two separate worlds. And I, I know, you know, for the longest time, me and Eric were kind of maybe like dismissive of it when we shouldn't have been. We we're just kind of like, Oh, you know, those crazy modular guys, you know, that, with them and their, you know, big wall of modules. And, Going to this last Moog and seeing, you know, some of the performances and seeing what they can do, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's they've, it's definitely won me over. Uh, I mean, it's crazy and it's it's complicated and there's like wires everywhere, but um, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, it's it's really, I and mean, when you get somebody that really knows what they're doing with it and is into it, I mean, it's it you can really, I mean, the performance possibilities are just endless. You know, it's yeah, incredible. And it's interesting to like watch. You know, they're like. It's very, it's very much an interactive thing. It's not like, you know, I mean, some electronic musicians, they do everything in, you know, in the computer. And then when they're playing live, they're not really playing. They're just hitting a button. Right. Uh, and then they kind of got to dance around and pretend that they're doing stuff. But, yeah. uh, like, what's really interesting about the the modular guys is, no, that they, they physically have to do everything still right. for the most part. Um they're switching patch cables and doing all kinds of weird things, you know, literally playing the instrument that they've kind of created from all these other guys' work. That's why right. I just, it just seems super interesting to me. The, I mean, the one, the one downside to it was like the setup. Yeah. You know, every, you know, the, the couple of times, you know, the couple of shows that we saw, it was like we got there at like, you know, say it was supposed to start at two and it's like 2.30 and they're still like patching cables and, you know, just still trying to kind of figure every put everything back together again because you know every every time that every performance it's like okay you disassemble it you know you you ship it to where it has to go and then you have to reassemble it and unless you have like a photographic memory where all the cables go it's it, it can be time consuming to put it back together again oh for sure and yeah depending on the size and complexity of the setup yep. it can just get yeah it can just get crazy yep. so well but since this is a guitar podcast we can talk about gear <laughs> yeah, all day sorry, that was uh, a detour sorry oh that's that's all we do is detour it's fine <laughs> well, uh well, what i should dig into is like so when you are playing the guitar or when you had your band what did your rig look like what were you what were you doing 
Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty pretty comical by today's standards. I mean, I didn't have you know I didn't really have a pedal board. It was really just um, I think I was just like two pedals. Both of them were like Boss. One was uh, you know an, an overdrive pedal, and one was the like a, a phaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there might have been a delay. There was a Boss delay too. So there are three pedals, um, and that was pretty much it. You know. Yeah. What kind and of guitar were you playing? Um, I actually, uh, had a guitar that I made. Um, oh, so, tell so, me yeah, more. Was, well, uh, this was like, probably started when I was in college, uh, for a period of about 10 years. Um, I would basically go to, uh, like junk, you know, thrift stores and, uh, garage sales and just buy guitars, you know, just junk guitars, you know, guitars mm-hmm. like like sears catalog guitars from the the 50s and 60s that people were you know throwing out and stuff and i would just i would sort of salvage them for the pickups because the pickups were really they were bad like they were really cheap but when you you know when you really like you know put them through overdrive and everything they sounded great i know and, exactly what you're talking about yeah yes. I mean, the, mm-hmm. these big fat i don't know what if they were like japanese what they were they were one of them was i mean it's like these fat silver pickups that were just amazing and I, I kicked myself because I sold that guitar but um so that's what I would do I would just I would get like a big chunk of wood usually like a square piece I'd maybe cut out a little a little uh circle you know by the down by you know the bottom of the of the fretboard so you can get at them and just you know install the pickups and and do do very simple wiring I mean they would basically just have a volume knob that was it and uh I built guitars and I, I had this one um that I played, you know, throughout the time in the band that was, uh, had these amazing pickups. I'm so, I'm just so pissed I got rid of it. That so, sound like you're describing like an old Supro style pickup. Possibly. Yeah. That, yeah. It was kind of like that. It was, it was silver and then like white plastic on the inside. And then the, you know, the little, little magnets, uh, you know, the six magnets, uh, cross and mm-hmm. yeah. Was incredible it, sound. were they, were they big? Like they, were they in covers? They were not fully enclosed, no. Mm. But they mm. they were, I mean, they were single coils, but they were they were kind of they were chunky, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you have to dig up some pictures for me, see if we can figure out what those are and get you another yeah. set of them. I probably I think I do have a picture of it somewhere. I mean, this was <laughs> like twenty years ago, but yeah, I have it somewhere. Yeah, we 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 need to do it, but before uh, you know, well, Jack White's kind of already done this, where he's made all these junk guitars cool again, and now they're expensive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, let's try to see if we can wrang- wrangle you some of those. There's enough people out there. We could find you something. I'm uh, sure. Yeah, you know what? If you got me the pickups, I'd, I would come out of retirement and start building guitars again. Oh, hey. Definitely. That ain't but a good idea. I mean, see, originally, uh, you know, guitar selling guitars and selling pedals, it's, it's, it's very different. Like, with, with guitars, it's, you know, they, they're not cheap to make. You're like, the, 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 you know, unless you're going to sell them for a lot, it's kind of hard to be a guitar luthier. Like you really have to have a name and like a following and be able to sell your guitars for like thousands of dollars in order to make any kind of living with that. At least I, mean, oh. I found with that, you know? No, you're 120% accurate. That is exactly what happens with every luthier that I've talked to. So, yeah. um, it's a, making a living as a luthier is based on the conversations I've had anyway, is extremely difficult. Yeah. Uh, you have to have kind of that, what just like what you said, a, kind of a, a really hungry customer base um, in order to support. Because 
it takes a long time to do it right. And yeah, so, yeah, it, know, takes, gotta, it takes takes a long time. I mean, you've got to, you know, more so I think with the pedals. I mean, you you have to kind of work with the customer and kind of. I'm sure you know they're going to come to you with, I want this. You know, I want a certain kind of neck, and it's got to have this and that. You know, there's definitely more demands in, in that. I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, not to say it's just you know gravy building pedals, but like once the pedal is once you have your design, you I mean you have your design, you make it. You know, yeah. It's just a different world altogether. Yeah. Yeah. So. It wasn't. It wasn't for me. I mean, I, I like building them. I mean, for myself, but uh, didn't didn't turn out that way. I didn't go down that path. Right. Right. Well, we've talked about that, and we talked about your your uh, minimal setup that you had. What were you plugging into? What kind of amps did you like? Uh, Fender. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. I'm totally a, a Fender man. It was a, a Fender uh, Pro Reverb. Um, mm, had, yes. Had the reverb. It was and, and vibrato, um, which was really cool. Um, it was uh, you know a combo unit. Um, you know, two. I think it was like two 12-inch speakers. Um, so that was that's what I was using then. I ended up trading that, and uh, now I just have a Fender, um, a Blues Junior, mm-hmm. which you know, it's cranking in my in my basement. You know, it's that's perfect. what they're for, man. Yeah, they're, exactly. Yeah. Yep. You ever experimented with the speakers in the the Blues Junior? I've just noticed like those respond really nice to a speaker swap from the factory, unless you have one that has a different speaker in it from the uh, factory. No, I, I never tried that, no. Yeah, I would definitely suggest, um, I've talked about this a couple times, but um, I put the first Blues Junior I ever played was one of the Tweed ones. Uh, oh, okay. It was just a Tweed rep. And I didn't realize that they had a different speaker in them from the black ones. And I, I played the the uh, Tweed one, and I just like, man, I really like this little amp. This sounds really, really good. Hmm. Like, it, like I was saying, thinking to myself, like, why don't people talk about this amp more often? Uh, and then I tried a black one, and I was like, this is good, but it's not as it's not as good as the Tweed one. I can't be. I know I can be swayed by visuals, but I can't be that much that swayed by <laughs> visuals. Like yeah. this sounds different. I had no idea until like a little while later that the the black one has a di- different speaker from the Tweed. So. So um, is, it, is it still is it still a Fender speaker that you're getting, or is it you're just replacing it with something no, else? No, there's a there's a Jensen. It's a I can't remember what model comes in the in the Tweed version, but okay. it's a Jensen speaker instead of a Fender, um, okay. if I'm recalling correctly. So, um, yeah, it's definitely it's completely different. Yep. I don't yeah, know. I, I was I was my my Pro Reverb was. Um, it was kind of going on the fritz. I, I changed the tubes in it, and but it, it just something wasn't right with it. And rather than um, you know have it fixed or, or or try to mess with, it, I didn't really feel comfortable messing with it myself. Um, mm-hmm. I just decided, you know, I just went to my local guitar center, and they they were pretty, they did a pretty good trade. They, it was basically a one to one trade. I gave them that, and they gave me the you know the Blues Junior for for free. And, uh, no. Maybe some credit too. I, I I forget, but I mean, I, I like I said, the, the it's it's fine for what I need it for. You know, for te- for testing stuff and in in the you know for the for electrophysis testing and and just playing playing uh, like I said in my basement. You know. Yeah. So when you're playing, so you what kind of guitar do you have now? Since you uh, it, don't have a, the other one. Yeah, it's actually uh, just a uh, Squire Jaguar. 
uh, that I picked up uh, a couple of years back. It's you know it was it was a couple hundred bucks, and I you know, I take it with me to Nam and stuff like that, and throw it on the airplane, and I don't, I don't really worry about it. It's just kind of uh, you know a utility guitar. That's that's really it. You know. Yeah. It's not perfect. Uh, the 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 action on it is kind of it's not good. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the rev- <laughs> and the review said that I can't say that. I like I got something, you know, I, I got shafted or something. It, all the reviews were like, yeah, it's a decent guitar after you spend like, you know, six hours, you know, you know, getting everything right and, and getting the action, you know, whatever and, and, and fixing this, this and that. And so the, the, the reviews are right about it. You know? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. So some of the newer Squires, like the Vintage Modified and stuff that are actually like really, really solid, like yeah. for for the price, like this Jay Mascus one and a few others, it's like, man, this is really, wow. Uh, it's kind of impressive. Like this, you have to do a double take. Like I'm playing a Squire right now. This is really solid. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm very guilty of the the mindset of like the, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands, like Squires were just garbage, you know, like nobody wanted to be caught dead with one of those, but now yeah. they've really stepped their game up. Uh, I, I, actually had a, I had a funny moment. We were at a, um, it was like last September. There, there's a, a guitar store uh, in Brooklyn called Main Drag uh, Music. Mm-hmm. And they, they, were, they were having a pedal expo. And you basically just go, you bring your guitar and you, know, you plug into, you know, whatever you know, pedals were there. And I'm walking around with my, you know, my Squire Jaguar and I see a guy. He's got like the, the full on like classic Fender one. <laughs> I basically I was just like so embarrassed. Like I didn't even want to see mine. <laughs> he had this nice, this nice and shiny, and just I could tell it was just you know it was, it was probably like from the from the seventies or sixties or seventies. Really nice guitar. Yeah. And uh, I was like I don't even want to see mine. He was just gonna laugh. You know? <laughs> Embar- gear embarrassment. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not worthy. I can't yep. plug in not in front of people. <laughs> right. This is terrible. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. That main drag, I've, I can't, their name keeps getting brought up, and I kind of feel like I might need to make a, a voyage all the way over there just to check it out because I've heard that name thrown around a lot. They've been around a long time. Um, I mean, I've been aware of them since we've, uh, you know, been in the pedal business because we, you know, they're they're a dealer of ours. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of you know my connection to them. Um, you know, they're they're in like a really nice spot. I mean, they're right in like Williamsburg, which is you know like. It's just, uh, I mean, that it's just blown up recently, you know, with music. It's and Hipsterville, arts. USA. Right? I didn't want to say that word. That, 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 that H I live word. in Portland, so I can say it. It's, okay. it's, it's right. yeah. I'm we're it. the West Coast. We're the West Coast hipsters. They they're the East Coast hipsters. So, it's yeah. fine. Own that, it. But it's no, it's a it's a really nice guitar store. I mean, especially if you're if you're used to like you know Sam Ash or Guitar Center and those types of places. I mean, this is just like it's just a big open space. Um, you know, I mean, uh, and they got everything. I mean, guitars and, and keyboard synth stuff. And, uh, I mean, they carry our stuff. I mean, so there's all, they have a whole weird, you know, unclassified section of, you know, all kinds of weird things. Um, and uh, it's just a cool place. You know, they, they let you go there. You can try out anything. And, um, yeah, definitely, definitely worth going to if, if you're in that area. Cool. Very cool. Oh, I need your, I need your help with something. This might sound a little weird, but, um, I was on, uh, I also do, as maybe some of my listeners don't know, but if they do, I do the the Chasing Tone podcast with Wampler every week also. And um, on the last episode, 
Brian was asking me, yeah, yeah, what's new with you? And I was like, I got these two things from Electrofaustus, and they're sweet. And I totally failed at trying to describe what they do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, what is the flux knob doing on the guitar disruptor? So you got, like, a distortion or a fuzz circuit right. sort of thing. What does the flux knob actually do? Because I had a horrible time trying to describe it. Well, I mean, it, you're basically changing the pitch of an oscillator. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So I mean, the distortion is going into that, and and the um, that that's really just changing the pitch. So it's it's kind of that's what gives it kind of like that squelchy kind of um, you know high really high end kind of thing where you you just you're basically turning the pitch of the of the the oscillator up. So it's it's affecting the the tone in that way. That's okay. why it's, it's so you know it, it cuts through so much. At, by the right. time by the time you get you know near the end of the you know the turn uh it's it's pretty much like you know just slicing you know yeah well i he said so what's it sound like i'm like uh sounds like super gnarly and then you turn yeah. a knob and it does some stuff and i don't know how to describe it and he's like if you work for that company they should fire you so <laughs> well you don't you don't so. I, was, I was like i i was like hey the payola there's no payola we're fine yeah. Yeah. uh so and then the zero and two function. So the only way I could describe it is like the zero function was more, uh, quote unquote, like normal. Right. And then two is tear your face off. Um, yeah. So the two, well, the two what's is going on there? That that divide. That's uh, you know, basically like an octave thing. It's basically it's dividing the 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 pitch uh, by two. So it's it's dropping it down, and uh, it. But but it also, I mean, and this is where like the. See, like, like I'm almost more of like a circuit bender than I am like a circuit designer because it's. I mean, we we kind of throw things in there and things just happen, and even I don't fully understand. I can't explain to you like a totally teched out okay. why it does what it does. But I mean, I know that obviously I know that it's dividing the the the, the pitch by two. But then, it, but it also kind of destabilizes the circuit in a weird way when you do that. Just the way it, the circuit kind of feeds into the oscillator and everything. So hence, you know the some of the weird effects that you get when it's on to it, it, it definitely, uh, you know, it's not, when I think of like a classic, um, you know, like pitch divider, like the, like electromagnetic pitchfork. I mean, mm -hmm. when you set that thing to, you know, an octave, I mean, you get a perfect octave. I mean, that's not what we're trying, doing at all. I mean, when you set that to two, it's like, it, it it's all over the place. I mean, it'll, it'll kind of do that, but it, it gives you almost like a synthy kind of, you know, video game, you know, eight bit oh, kind of yeah. thing, you know? Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did a, I did a little clip with it where I, I was like, all right, folks, I'm now I'm going to turn my guitar into a eight bit video game character. And people were like, yeah. what? And I yeah. plugged that in. And then I had the, uh, uh, McCaffrey run, Rabbit Run Univibe, uh, which isn't just a Univibe. It does a lot of weird stuff, especially it has a mode where you kick it on crazy mode and turn the speed up, and it basically is like a ring mod type thing. And uh, I had that together with a guitar disruptor, and it sounded like, yeah, yeah. it came out of Mario Brothers. It was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I my, my friend Drew, uh, he, you know, he was somebody that we, we gave him a pedal early on. He, he's, uh, he, he's, in a, he's a guitar player in a band called blue black and he he runs uh he, he puts his wah in front of it oh and wow it, I, yeah it, it it does some really crazy stuff with the wah because now you got you know the wah is doing all kinds of weird filtering and then this thing's doing its thing and it, he, he gets some pretty 
Chris Basie sounds, you know, for nice. he's got certain parts of songs that are, you know, basically call for, you know, it's completely, you know, complete insanity. And it's, that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, that, fit, that fits the bill. That's what, That'll yeah, work. that's what it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. You said something that kind of caught my, caught my ear a little bit earlier. And I want, want to see if you can kind of expand on that and uh, maybe define it a little bit better. So you mentioned that you consider yourself more of a circuit bender than designer. Um, what would you think makes one more one way and one more the other? What, what do you mean by that? Um, I think it's <laughs> level of technical skill. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I know just from, you know, speaking to a lot of builders, I mean, there are, there are people out there that know, a lot more than I do about circuitry and just the theory behind it and, you know, what everything is actually doing. And, you know, they can sit there and, and, and just, you know, look at a schematic or draw a schematic out, you know, right for you and, and be like, Oh yeah, you know, this, the, you know, the, the, the peak voltage here is, is, you know, applied to, to this capacitance and, the, and, and they'll sit there and, and they, they know, you know, top down what, what, what everything is in a circuit with me. I mean, I take sort of like building block pieces and I just make connections and and experiment. I mean, that's kind of how I, that's how I design, you know, our stuff. It's, it's, it's more like, okay, I kind of know what this thing does. Let me try, you know, connecting, making a connection here and seeing what happens. And if it doesn't blow up the chip, if I can recreate it and and if it's reproducible, I say, okay, I'll remember that. And, and, and try to build something around it, and and I don't, I don't always fully understand why it is, and and I, I think that's kind of, I mean, if you look, if if you used our stuff, I think that that kind of comes through. Where it's, I think some people would not build the kind of things we build because they're maybe technically wrong, or they're not really the way you're supposed to be using that chip. But you know, it it kind of fits in with what we like. So I, I, that's right. how I would describe it. It's a, a bender, you know. Classically, you know, a bender is somebody that just, you know, they, they open up a toy, they open up a, a, a piece of equipment, and they just start making connections, whether it's by touching it with their hands or, you know, just getting a wire and, and, and going around and, and, and making, you know, connecting things that, and, and seeing what happens and, and hoping that things don't blow up. And, and if you find a, a connection point that, that works, you just, you know, you mark those things off and then you, you just create, like, you put a switch there, you know, and now that's your, you know... <laughs> the switch that does, you know, makes, you know, the speaking spell sound crazy, you know, that sound crazy, you know, and, and that's, mm-hmm. that's your instrument, you know, and that I, I, I've always seen myself closer, you know, more akin to that, you know, okay. of, you know what I mean? So yeah, that makes sense. It, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I think I get that. Cause that's, I've heard of uh, pedal builders kind of doing, going from a similar kind of mindset where they, instead of like, like you say, kind of like designing a circuit, they'll, they'll like breadboard something out the way it should be, um, say a fuzz. And then they'll pull something out. Not really know, like, like not really knowing exactly what they're doing. They'll pull something out and replace it with something else or add a switch or, you know, route something a different way without like fully understanding it. And, and and I think uh, that can lend itself to some really interesting results. And, as a matter of fact, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've I was told that's kind of what uh, like Debbie ever did back when she started, 
and that's mm-hmm. how she kind of came up with some of the weird stuff she she came up with. So anyway, I can believe that. Makes, it, yeah. I can, I can that believe that. Yeah, that makes sense, and I think that's cool. Like, I think there's a there's a place for both of them, but it, it you know, well, that actually reminds me of something that I think I've talked about before, where somebody posted somewhere, um, like an electrical engineering professor posted about one of my students brought in this death by audio fuzz and like I can't remember what component it was mm-hmm. like all the I'm just gonna say op amps even though it may have been something else all the op amps were wired backwards and it's the stupidest <laughs> design I've ever I've right. ever seen and it, there's no reason that this thing should exist and right. somebody like replied or like yeah but it sounds rad so that's why it's done that way yeah. you know um yeah I think that's 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 kind of the what, yeah, what, what I'm talking about, and I think maybe you see it more. I mean, definitely like in the synth world. Um, I mean, like again, I mean, if you've ever seen like Robert Moog talk, I mean, there was a guy that he, I mean, from top down, he knew like everything about circuitry, and he knew, you know, where everything went and the proper use for everything. I, I, I would be surprised to find that like somebody like that was just connecting wires. You know what I mean? I I, right. I hold him to a, like a totally different standard of somebody that really you know was like almost miniaturized himself and was in the circuit and and could could kind of navigate you know everything you know so I look at that and I'm like man I'm definitely not that uh, and and it's okay you know because you you uh, you know if if you're gonna have a uh, you know a brand or or like a you know just a, a style I mean you, you kind of have to. In some way, you almost have to embrace your limitations. You know what I mean? Of being like, okay, you know, we're not going to do this, 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 and this. So that that leaves us with you know this this little thing that we do, you know, maybe really good, and and let's just focus on that instead of you know trying to be the best designer or you know make the best you know whatever. We're just going to you know make the best electrofaustus paddles. You know. <laughs> there you go. So. Well, that's – I can say you've succeeded. You've definitely made the best electrofastest pedals that I've ever played <laughs> like, or seen for that matter. I've never <laughs> seen electrofastest stuff that is as good as your electrofastest yeah. stuff. So, um, Well, just to I give – you know, Eric's – I mean Eric does all the, all the graphics. I mean he's not on the call now, but he, he deserves all the credit for the, you know, for the graphics and, and that, you know, kind of the look of, of things. I mean it's, it, we've got kind of like a minimalist – Kind of like line, line drawing kind of thing, but uh, you know we, we've it's minimalist, but there was definitely been a lot of thought that's gone into the the look of our pedals because I think when we started, I mean there's there's a certain sort of pedal aesthetic that was there I think a couple of years ago or maybe even still now of you know a, you know kind of heavy on the graphics and and um, you know very pictorial. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to be a little different with the, like I said, with the lines and stuff like that, just to kind of, you know, be, be a little different with that. I think, I think it, they look really cool. Um, I like the guitar Damarung in it looks wise in, in particular. I really like that one. Uh, and then the drone thing, going back to that thing again, I love how yep. all the lines all just, it makes me looking at it. It does. I mean, obviously there's no labeled controls, but it, it, Looking at that graphic, it almost explains to me what that pedal is going to sound like, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah, no, it's almost got like an Indian kind of, you know, weird, you know, like uh, not tapestry, but like a like a mandala kind of vibe to it. Yeah, we we that was you know we purposely did not label anything because we wanted it to just be like, 
you know, well, we'll do a video for it, but let, let people just figure it out, you know, turn some knobs and, and see what happens, you know, it's, people figure it out, you know, and, and obviously you did and I'm, I'm, everybody pretty much, you know, picks it up pretty quickly, so. Yeah, yeah, it's a, and it's a lot of fun than, yeah, I had my, my buddy playing it the other night and he did it totally different than I did and it still sounded rad. He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to, like, yeah. <laughs> just start going. Yeah. My, <laughs> yeah. Favorite, my favorite thing about that is the, it's actually the volume control because when, yeah. When, yeah, it, it, it completely changes once you, you turn up the volume and, and you're at like, you start getting it like say three o'clock ish. Um, it, you, it brings out the LFO and, and you start to hear uh, that pulsing where you don't really hear it quite so much at lower volumes, but you turn that up and you, you cut the tone a little bit and uh, it really starts to, to, to shake, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, uh, very, it's easy to get lost in. I, you know, it's, yeah. there's what, there's like six controls or there's, there's six oscillators. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and just like, I don't know. It was just so many textures. I just had yeah. I just had so much fun with it. It was like, yeah. okay, I need to go into the house now. This has been out here for a <laughs> long time, twisting knobs and making racket. I need to I need to settle down. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think just I mean the other thing about our pedals too, I think, is that because they're kind of simple, um, like uh, you know, I, I whenever we make something, I'm I'm always thinking of the person that that already has like a hundred pedals, and how we could at least when it comes to like the instruments that we make, how we can make something that could be used with lots of different pedals. Like just here's this, you know, weird sound generator source. And now I know that the person buying it has got, you know, all kinds of crazy pedals. How is it going to sound differently for, for this person, you know, for you, as opposed to me with my pedals and, and this other person with their, you know, pedal board and, and, um, so I, I, that's that's a big factor too. It's like to make something simple that plays well with other pedals, and and you can have fun with in in lots of ways like that. Because you know, I mean, nowadays everyone's got a pedal board. Everyone has tons of pedals. It's you know, it's almost like I don't feel like I have to make something that does everything. Like I don't have to make a pedal that you know has delay and and weird you know uh, you know uh, filtering type effects because I know people have that already. Just, mm-hmm. you know, just give them something, you know, something, you know, a little weird, you know, fun to play. And it's like, they're, they're going to take it in their own direction anyway, and, and either mod it themselves, you know, like some people are doing, or, or just make it unique based on, on what you plug it into, you know? Right. Well, that said, I think I would, I would be super intrigued to see what you did with a delay. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. It wouldn't be just a delay, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, I would I be thought about very it. intrigued. I, yeah, we we have thought about it. I mean, there's you know the big thing now is like the uh, kind of like the stutter, you know, repeat thing. You know, a lot of people were doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So that was. I mean, I don't know about that. Maybe. Um, I mean, some kind of a thing where you could maybe put an oscillator in the. Sort of the yeah, the, like the, in, the, just on the repeat or something. Yeah, so that it's 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 repeating based on some sort of internally or or, or externally knob controlled oscillation. Maybe doing weird. Uh, so it's not even like the same. It's not it's not like the same repeat time. It's 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 sort of fluctuate. I don't know. That that's a possibility. Maybe <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have to be different. It, there's so many delays out there. I, it, I would definitely I wouldn't want to do it unless it was something somewhat unique. You know. <laughs> 
that seems to be your mo. You don't yeah. you don't really do anything that's been done before. So because why? You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and you know, there's there's a lot of great companies out there, you know, doing you know distortion and I mean doing new things with it. We talked about uh, when we first talked on the phone. We talked about. Um, what it, was it called? The the, the Pelator? The, that the oh yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I, I was you know like everybody else when I saw that I'm like oh boy here we go it's just gonna be a you know a, a, a clone you know but then it was great I mean it was like that was a really I thought that was a really unique take on things I mean I, I was really impressed with that you know yeah well <laughs> all the listeners are probably getting really sick of that that pedal being talked about but hey he's one of my best friends and he made a cool thing so. <laughs> I, I didn't even. I mean, yeah. When I mentioned it, it was. I didn't even know. I mean, it was just. I had seen a video of it from um, this this company, Sixty Cycle Hum. Yeah. Um, they they demoed it. Like, I think they they had demoed one of our pedals, and but I think it was. I forget if it was the week before or the week after they demoed that one. And I, you know, I was there. I was looking at it, and uh, I was like, "Oh, that's great! You know, that's genius! You know, it's really thought it was a really good idea. You know, I've, as a pedal builder, I mean, I, I was impressed. You know. Well, and and I mean, I'm. I know everyone's gonna think I'm biased, but it, it does sound really, really good, and it's really, really useful uh, for you know for if you need that kind of effect. Like you can dial it in. There's a lot of tones in there. Right. Yeah. For um, one pedal, it, it it definitely it seemed like it did quite a bit. Yeah. So, um, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of my my friend Leon on that one. I gotta say, he did he did good, and now he's he's sending his mind to other projects, and I'm like, what are you gonna come up with next? That's a that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough act to follow. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what he does. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, he's he was laughing at himself too because he's like, I never even like made a perf board pedal before. Like that was his like like his first thing. So, so you know. yeah. I mean, how did he? Did, was it? Did he have any knowledge or training of circuitry? Was it just like here's a couple of chips and parts and just kind of? Well, he's got. Pack? You know, he's got well. He's built a couple kits. He knows a, a lot more about it than I do. That's for sure. Um, no, he 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 does have some electrical knowledge, and he's had to do uh, like troubleshooting of, of things in his day job. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't completely foreign to electrical components okay. and whatnot. Um, but he's definitely not like an engineer or anything. So um, yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, he built like one tremolo kit before. And then, you know, he'd done a lot of soldering. Uh, he did a lot of soldering. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I, I've inhaled way too much solder smoke in my in my life. That's that comes yeah. into territory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's done a lot of soldering. Uh, but no, like he's not like a formerly trained engineer or anything like that. So well, well yeah. Hey, cheers to him, man. He, he did a great job. There we go. I wonder how many how much mileage he's gonna get out of this podcast. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, and chasing tones for that matter. I wonder how many miles. Uh, come on, Leon. When are you gonna pay me for a sponsorship spot already? Jeez. Uh, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, to kind of like get this back to you because you're the guest. Um, what kind of projects are in the pipeline, or what are you working on right now that you're kind of jazzed about, or are you just kind of where, where are you at right now with things? Well, I mean, like I was saying before, we, we have the, the collaboration with uh, Fuzz Rocious. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, you know, I think 
it's going to be, you know, he's got, you know, Ryan has his whole uh, sort of audience and we have our, you know, little world. I think they're, you know, kind of separate. So I, I think combining the two will be, be fun to see um, how people uh, react to that. Um, I mean, I'm excited about it. Um, so there's, there's that coming, you know, that'll be in the summer. Um, you know, like I said, the, the modular thing that's happening. I mean, I hope to have that by, by the fall. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be ready by, by the next uh, NAM show. Um, we're currently uh, miniaturizing, actually, the Disruptor. Um, we're putting that in a, in a smaller enclosure. Um, basically, I mean, uh, I mean, like I said, we were talking before, I mean, everybody, everybody now has a, has a, um, you know, a pedal board and we just wanted to put it in a, in a smaller enclosure just to, you know, make it, maybe make it a little bit easier for people to say, Oh, you know, I really want this pedal and now it'll, it'll fit better on my board, you know? So it's it's something that, you know, when we first started building them, I don't think it was as much of a consideration, but now I think it, it, uh, at least in my mind, it's, it's probably more important that you don't want to, you know, sell some, you know, it's not gigantic, but it's, it's the bigger, you know, the the bigger enclosure that we currently use. Uh, we're going to put it in a one similar to like the, like Earthquaker uses. Um, okay. It's going to be that sized and, uh, you know, same features, everything will be the same. Um, you know, just a smaller, smaller thing. We may, we may end up going with that enclosure for some of the other things like the phototheremin, uh, I don't know if that's happening this year. Whenever we run out of the enclosures we have of the old ones, um, so so that's kind of on the horizon. Just just kind of um, making things smaller if, if cool. we can. Yeah, right. Um, but not like a, not mini pedal though. Just no, no, reg- basically regular pedal. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just uh, regular sized. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, I'm, I don't foresee. Uh, I mean that that kind of comes down to the parts you use too. Uh, you really have, I, I mean, we do all the soldering ourselves and, and some of those super micro mini boards, I mean, I, you would have to have, I would think you'd have to have a machine solder that. I, I don't think that's something that I could even solder. It's, it's, they're so small. So, um, yeah, you could, you a lot only... of that stuff is, yeah, surface mount done by, you know, pick and place and various other methods. So yeah, yeah right, you're now, right. Yeah. We, I mean, I, Eric and I do all the, you know, we, we have the boards made, you know, they're, they're made in China, the PC boards themselves, but, you know, they, we, we do all the soldering. We, 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 put, all, we, we put them all together. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't foresee it getting smaller than that Earthquaker box. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, what else? That's it really it for now. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's really every, everything we have going on. Uh, I mean, we're trying to put together some kind of a um, like a show or something. I mean, after after going to Moogfest, you know, we were kind of like, well, we want to have our own, you know, Faust Fest now, you know, and maybe, <laughs> nice. maybe have. Uh, so we're just we're bouncing around some ideas and uh, whether to do it, you know, out by us uh, here in Patchogue or you know, do it in Brooklyn, which will probably draw maybe a little more people. Uh, or something. So that that's something we're, we're going to try to do. Maybe you know, definitely before Nam because that's you know, planning for Nam is a whole ordeal. So we'd want to get of it course. done by the you know summer or the fall. So that's something we want to do. Yeah, too. if you can pull off something like that in Brooklyn, I imagine you would draw probably a lot of the same like like guys that would go to Moogfest, like the Eurorack guys and yeah. all the other stuff. So yep. that would be really interesting. Yeah, because you know it's weird. Like whenever we do 
a show like Nam or something. I mean, it's you know, I, I think that, you know the only limit to to how much how far we can go is like how 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 many people know about us, and 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 sometimes you hit like a brick wall where it's like you just have to break through it and, and try to, you know, get more eyes on your stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the only way to do that is to just, you know, be out there as, as much as you can doing, you know, whatever kind of marketing. I mean, I don't, we don't have a marketing department. I don't, I don't have a, a marketing budget per se. I mean, our marketing is, you know, like everyone else's, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, sometimes getting out there and just being in a place, you know, whether it's, you know, doing a pedal expo at main drag or, you know, Nam or, or, something like we're trying to do it's sometimes that can kickstart something else i mean even just the fact that i'm talking to you right now i think we talked about this i mean i i kind of indirectly i know about you because of of craft beer (laughs) right right? so i I mean can i tell that story is that okay yeah do it yeah yeah that's fine i mean i have um i have this friend uh uh, paul komzik who he well let me start i i'm a i'm a I'm a homebrewer. I've been a homebrewer for, for years. And I was um, one of the founding members of a homebrew club out here called the Brewers Collective. And through that, I met Paul Komsik, who is a, um, a head brewer at a, uh, a, a brew pub in the town I live in here in Patchogue. And so I became friends with him. And, you know, we started talking. I found out he was a bass player and he's huge into pedals. So obviously, we, you know, we would geek out and he found out I built pedals. And so we, you know, conversations would always revolve around pedals. And he subsequently told me about Fuzzrocious and, and Ryan. And I met Ryan at, uh, you know, last NAM in January. And, uh, and Ryan introduced me to you. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> I, yeah, that's why I know about you because of beer. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a solid, that's a very solid thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're into craft uh, beer too, right? Suppose- <laughs> well, I mean, I live in Portland. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you, okay. you it's I think, yeah, it's, it's a, a legal requirement. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. I don't live in Portland, but I'm like very close, just on the outskirts. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I think I would be, I think I might be arrested or something if I didn't like craft beer. I think that's, <laughs> how, I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I did some home brewing for a little while, and before kind of the the gear addiction took over, um, I actually built you know my my little shred shed in the backyard or the, the Tone Mom HQ as I've been calling it, um, and originally a section of it was going to be for brewing, and mm-hmm. I had this big plan to like make this system and do all this stuff, and then I loaded everything out there and played out played with the band one time out there, and I was like. This is not going to work. Like, there's no, there's not enough to, room. Oh man, you had to pick one. You had to pick. Yeah. So well, I'll tell you, I think I really think that uh, there's something to the the rise in like, you know, boutique pedals and and the rise in craft beer over the last ten years. I mean, there, there's definitely something in the air. I think those two go hand in hand. To be honest with you, I totally agree with you, and I've kind of talked about it before with. With some guys, there is a lot of similarities in the two industries. In it really that, is. I like, mean, you can you can be you know you can be a small. I, I mean, a lot of these you know nano breweries, they're they're small you know breweries. They just kind of service their their local areas. I mean, they're not you know. I mean, they they basically make a product that is as good as the you know the, the big guys. Again, I think similar to you know the, the pedal business. I mean, you know you can you can name any number of you know small pedal companies that are making pedals way better than, than, you know, boss and, and Roland and, you know, whoever the, you know, the, the major, major companies are, I mean, they're, they're kicking their ass, you know? 
And, mm-hmm. uh, so I, 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 and I always root for the little guy too. I mean, I, it's just something you do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just like this thing is, it's like all the small companies are trying to basically take the market share, as much market share as they can away from the big guys. Um, and it's like the same exact thing in the uh, craft beer and the pedal industry. It's like the market is much larger than it seems sometimes. Um, forget how many people are still drinking Budweiser. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I think, they um, re- I think craft beer recently like caught up or got even or maybe just slightly outpaced outpaced it. it it was like a year or two ago i, I remember reading that it they'd kind of reached an equilibrium or maybe just you know started to surpass it you know oh interesting that i didn't yeah. realize it was that close now yeah That's... i think i think so i think it's it's very close this is just i mean just bud you know like just bud i mean not not all the variants of bud oh, okay. i mean if i'm sure if i mean budweiser was really getting off topic but i mean budweiser is <laughs> totally mono- trying to monopolize things and they're they're buying uh, a lot of the you know smaller, well, the larger small breweries, and yes, it's uh, it's, it's kind of significant to me because there was a brewery in the town I live in in Patro called Blue Point, that mm-hmm. was was a you know a, a brewery that you know just loved because I mean they were local, they were small, and when they got bought out, I mean it was it was heart wrenching. It was just like to know that they you know uh, got got bought by Bud. It was it was at first that people thought it was a joke. It was like no, this can't be true, you know, and like, right. they're, they're always promoting, you know, like ne- never, you know, never sell out, never, and they did, and it was, it hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I, mean, I had a similar experience when a 10 barrel out of Bend, uh, very much the same kind of um, Bend, Oregon, they're, they were the local ones to me to get Bob out out by uh, Budweiser, I think it's uh, Bud, but uh, so far, and it's been going on for a while, Nothing's really changed except their scale, obviously. Mm. They're yeah. still making the same stuff. That was with a big concern. Like, are they going to change? Because Ten Barrel was very experimental with sours and all kinds of that, you know, that kind of stuff. And so far, that's still the case. So, um, but at the same time, it was like, oh, man. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Because so. you know, they're like your local, you know, they're just the local guys, you know, they're the local brewery. They're not, you know, the mega, mega corp, you know, and then. All of a sudden, that's it. I know, I know. But at the same, and I, 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 as I've gotten a little bit older, I try not to be so harsh on that because I, I guess like the mindset was like, okay, well, if Boss came in and said, you know what, Electrofaustus, we'd like to buy you for two million dollars, <laughs> right. I'd be like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. all right, and yeah. we're not going to change anything. We just want you know to scale you up. It'd it's be true. like. Okay, I think all right. We'll try it. (laughs) So I'm gonna gonna say I'm gonna say no. I would never sell out, but that's only because I think that would probably never happen. So I I think I can. You can quote me on that. (laughs) It's on the record now. It's on record. It's taped. It's recorded. Joe said he will never sell out to Boss. (laughs) But see, that doesn't. See, now I have a I have a loophole because I could sell out to somebody else. (laughs) That's just Boss. This is Boss I want to sell out to. (laughs) No, you said Boss, not Roland. Oh wait. Gotcha. <laughs> oh wait, they're the same company. Dang it! Uh, so, you didn't say I couldn't sell Defender. You didn't say that. You said Electro Harmonics. You know the name. It's so, it starts with Electro. Yeah, it's, it's like the same. The same. It, it's almost the same thing. <laughs> maybe nobody. Maybe nobody will notice. 
Just, just slide it on yeah, over. Just to scratch out fastest and put harmonics. Monics in it. The electro harmonics blackfly. What in the world? I'm what? so confused. <laughs> All right, on man. So we have just cra cracked that hour mark. So, um, ironically, talking about craft beer instead. But hey, that's what happens. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you the classic tone mob question that that. Mm, not everyone, but a good good chunk of everyone gets asked. And since okay. you live in New York, I feel like I'm very obligated to ask you this. Okay. Um, what kind of pizza do you like? Uh, I am a Sicilian man. Uh, love Sicilian. Love Sicilian. Yeah, yeah. Sicilian's the way to go. I mean, I, I mean, I probably eat you know just a regular slice more more commonly. But you know, like if if I was gonna like if I was on death row. And and I had to choose a pizza, a style to eat. It would it would be like a Sicilian pie, definitely. Sicilian pie. Is there a specific place that you like the best for your Sicilian pie, or you just kind of anything under that umbrella will float your boat? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, the the place local to us is uh, this place called the Pepperoni Grill here in Patchogue. That uh, that's that's our local pizza place. Uh, I mean, so that, I mean, I'm partial to that, but um, I mean, I. I being in New York, I mean, I would never go to like a Pizza Hut or you know, a, a, not even Domino's. I mean, I, I just I can't eat that stuff. I, I have to go to a you know, even like a bad you know local place is is better than that. I just I can't get with the uh, the fast food pizza. You know, I I, I hear you most of the time. Most of the time, I I totally agree with you, except there is this one place. I won't name its name because that's not very nice. But there's a local uh, pizza joint here in Portland, and it's the only place that'll deliver to where I work. Okay. And um, I don't work that far away, which is very confusing um, from you know, like other places. But this is the only place that'll deliver, and it is. It's terrible. <laughs> 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 it's. Uh, I would rather have Pizza Hut, wow. which is. <laughs> yeah, so and I don't ever want Pizza Hut, so you can imagine how bad this is. It's it's cardboard. It's bad. <laughs> so, you wonder how they stay in business. Uh, probably cuz there's only ones that deliver to certain locations. Mm. I don't know. Something yeah. like that. Like even my coworkers who don't normally care and like eat McDonald's all the time, they're like this pizza is terrible. <laughs> 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 they're like why do we even order it? Uh, so, yeah. I usually just eat a couple of meatballs off the top and like try to avoid that crust as much as possible. But um, anyway, <laughs> this is welcome to Tone Mob, the beer and pizza podcast, where I talk to fellow builders about food that they like. That's when you find out the real interesting stuff about a person. You know, it's <laughs> the off-topic stuff. That's right. It's the you know kind of pull back the curtain a little mm -hmm. bit, see what's going on. Yep. So. Well, let's uh, go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Joe, where can people find Electrofaustus and all your stuff on the internet? Yeah, I mean, uh, electrofaustus.com. Um, you know, all our stuff uh, is available uh, for sale there. Uh, we use PayPal, but, you know, with PayPal, you can use, you know, credit cards and, and all that good stuff. Um, actually, there's currently, uh, from now until 
think about the 4th of July, uh, we have a sale, you know, 25% off on our website. Um, just got to use uh, as a coupon code, uh, noise, N O I Z E. Um, just pop that in there and you get 25% off uh, the order. Um, there you go. on the site. I mean, there's, if you're out of the country or, you know, not, you know, in, in California, say, or, or, or by you in, in, in Portland. Uh, I mean, we have dealers, you know, kind of all over the place. So you can check that out to see if there's one uh, closer to you. Maybe shipping is better. Um, certainly overseas, you know, there's stuff in Europe that, um, you know, between the shipping and customs and all that, it's better. Um, but yeah, just electrofaustus.com and, you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, definitely if you want to reach out to us, if you have pictures and, you know, samples, demos you want to share, I mean, we love that stuff too. Perfect. Perfect. And as you guys know, that link will be in the show notes. So check it out. Great. Right on. Well, thanks for coming on, Joe. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, and, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, keep doing what you do. I'm really, I really, really enjoy it. So, um, yeah. So with that, for Joe, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, folks, that does it for this week's episode. As always, thank you very much for tuning in. And I should say that the Fuzzrocious and Electrofaustus uh, project has been actually announced by now. And it is super sick. It's their Black Fly uh, coupled with the Fuzzrocious Gray Stash. And it is all kinds of crazy and gnarly and insane, just like you would expect. So definitely go check that out. There's not that many of them available. And besides that, we are at the final countdown. A uh, big bomb dropping actually a week from the day this episode drops on the email list. So if you're not signed up, I've been saying it for months. I know that everybody who listens is not signed up on the email list. So head on over to ToneMob.com, hit Join the Mob, and you'll be privy to... The first domino of what I hope to be a very, very, very exciting uh, new chapter in the Tone Mob. So, thanks for tuning in, and as always, have a good week. Talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and... By you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. 
Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.